0: Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. Well, all right. Welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining. Glad you are here. Happy you are listening well, the inflation discussion is starting to spread into other areas, and uh, I think maybe the administration is getting desperate on trying to get, um, you know, a solution to the problem. And of course, the problem, the, the problem that's out there has already been created, and the, the solution, you know, the barn door has been left open and the horses had left. So there's no, there is no real solution at this point other than to sop up all this extra money by uh, the Fed raising the short-term interest rate. so, but I think it's interesting that you know the conversation has bled into trade and some other areas, and uh, you know people are trying to the, the administration is trying to do some things to kind of impact the rise in prices, and so this trade discussion with China has come up, and uh, Larry Kudlow was talking to Robert Lighthouser, Bob Lighthouser, about this. And I wanted to weigh in on this discussion a little bit because um, it's funny, uh, Larry Kudlow kind of talks of himself as a free trade guy, but he says, except when China is involved. And of course, I don't think I fully understand that exception. He doesn't give us a great example, although I think probably what he's talking about is the fact that, you know, so many of our factories and stuff have gone over to China and therefore, uh, that justifies, uh, putting tariffs on them to equalize things or whatever. But, you know, the problem with tariffs is it just makes things more expensive for Americans. So, um, in this particular case, I think the administration is correct in, in trying to cut these tariffs. Now it's true that it's not much. It's like $40 billion on a $23 trillion economy, but it's like $40 billion on $500 billion worth of, um, uh, imports into the US from China. So, it's more like 10% of what we import. So, I think it I think it'll probably help, but I just want to I want to introduce you to this discussion, talk a little bit about free trade, talk a little bit about inflation, and really drill down to the principles that are involved in in making a decision like this and whether or not we can expect any help um, as a result of it. We're joined
1: by my great friend, Robert Lighthizer, who was the U.S. trade rep in the Trump administration. Bob Lighthizer, thank you. You know, just, I'm reading, I can't verify a thing, but I'm reading in a number of media publications that the Bidens are thinking about ending, withdrawing the tariffs on China, supposedly in the name of fighting inflation. Now you know me. I'm a free trader, except when it comes to China. I have different views.
0: Well, the first thing I would like to know is why do you have different views uh, on free trade when it's with one country versus another? Because that doesn't make sense from a free trade standpoint. There's no, there is no uh, case study, or there's no, there's no understanding of free trade in an economic sense where uh, it makes sense with one country but not with another. So. I don't understand Larry Kudlow's position here, uh, other than to say, uh, like I said before, that China is somehow a boogeyman in this situation because uh, so many of our factories and so much of our production has shipped overseas to China. And, but that that you know that was largely voluntarily done by these corporations, and they pretty much did it for. Uh, labor cost savings. Um, but what you're seeing now, though, in the world, not so much in China, but I can remember this started actually years ago, maybe 20 years ago is the first time I started started seeing this happening. Uh, and a bunch of manufacturing was moving to Singapore. Well, today, Singapore and the United States, their labor rates are about the same, mostly because Singapore came up not so much that the U S went down, but, uh, that's, that's what's happening in China too. As they become a richer country, um, the, the labor rates, the demand for that labor, uh, is going to accelerate and the supplies is largely, uh, not going to accelerate because they've got to, it takes time to get the supply of labor, the technical knowledge of that, that labor force up and up and running. So I, I think, whatever reasons we, we went to China and had our production, uh, done in China. I think those reasons are even as we speak today, starting to subside. Um, and so I, again, I don't really understand why it's good to have tariffs with China, but not with, you know, Taiwan or Hong Kong or, um, you know, some other major trading partner, uh that we have Mexico. Mexico, the labor rates are lower, but we still trade with Mexico. Uh now we don't necessarily have free trade with Mexico or Canada. We have the USMCA, um, which is one of these broker deals, which I'm not a big fan of either. Um, but I think the question here is, uh what they're gonna start shifting toward is will this lower cost for Americans? And I think the short answer for that is yes, it will. It will lower costs for Americans because tariffs always and everywhere are just a tax on consumers. That's that's all they are.
1: So I want to get your view on this. Is this time to pull the tariffs on China? Really?
0: Well, I you know, obviously I think any time is a good time to eliminate tariffs. But um, there's maybe not a better time than when we have price escalation due to monetary you know, mischief, uh, why not, why not lower prices now? I mean, that's, that's when we need it is now we, we we uh, consumers are suffering at the, at the gas pump and the grocery stores and so on and so forth. I mean, to the extent that we can buy whatever we're buying from China, you know, 15% cheaper then by all means, why not give it to us now? Why, why, again, why is there a good time or a bad time to reduce tariffs or to, to eliminate them altogether, and why is there a good country or a bad country? These these uh, these questions don't really make sense in the context of, uh, are tariffs good or bad for a nation? Um, generally speaking, almost in all cases, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to put forth a case where tariffs are better than no tariffs. Um, somebody might try to put forth that case, but I think it's... Um, at its core, uh, it would be an explanation as to why we're trying to punish some other country or something like that, or, or we're trying to protect some industry over here or something along those lines. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be a purely you know, academic reason as to why uh, we would um, be for tariffs against one country versus another or, um, or tariffs at all, for that matter.
2: Well, first of all, it would be just an historic mistake and I've and a real betrayal of the American people. First of all, on this question of inflation, it's complete nonsense. We had these tariffs in place for two years, as you know, and there was no there was no inflation of any significance. Secondly, the inflation is on primarily on food and energy and all these things that came out of this crazy policies that we've had. None of those things do we import from China. Mm. And and I guess finally I would say $40 billion worth of tariffs in a $23 trillion economy is ridiculous. Even even uh, the people that are against them say it would be less than two-tenths of 1%. So it's crazy.
0: All right, well, I want to cover the first point last about the inflation uh, because, um, well, I'll cover it in a minute, but the, um, the other point about you know, the inflation is only on food and energy, and we don't get that from China anyway. You know, to be honest, I don't even know if that's true. But um, I think it seems like we get soybeans or something like that from China. Uh, I just don't recall exactly what it is. But um, it it, it doesn't matter what category the inflation is. And and keep in mind, he's talking about price inflation here. Uh, The point is, prices need to come down, period. I mean, the way somebody spends money out of their budget is if they have to spend more on something that they more urgently need, that means they have to spend less on something else that that may be uh, considered a luxury or or not as critical to the household. But that doesn't mean they don't want those things. Uh, That just means that uh, that desire to purchase those particular goods is being crowded out by food and energy, which are more urgently needed. Um, The third thing he mentioned was the 40 billion dollars in a 23 trillion dollar trillion economy and we've already covered that but the you know we, we don't we don't import 23 trillion dollars with with China we import uh, maybe north of 5 uh, 500 billion dollars and so 40 billion dollars is is not point two of 1% or whatever he said, it's, it's, it's more like 10%. So it is a significant number of, of goods and services that we, are goods that we, uh, the, we import from China. Now, the first point, and this is probably going to be, you know, kind of technical, I guess, in nature, but one of the misconceptions about inflation is that if prices aren't going up or prices are flat, that there's no inflation what you have to remember is that the government is always borrowing money and spending it into existence. So there's always inflation. There's, it's always everywhere present. Um, what, what, what you're seeing when, when prices don't go up is what you're actually seeing is you're, you're seeing the counter, the counterbalance of deflation, uh, happening at the same time, uh, with regards to what we produce as we produce more and more goods and services. It has a deflationary effect on prices, and then what happens is the government prints money and borrows it into existence, and then that raises prices. So, really, I guess what I'm trying to say is, in a in a normal economy, where the government's not printing any money and not borrowing money into existence, um, what what you have is you in the economy's growing. What you have is you have a general a generally Uh, lowering of prices over time. Prices go down over time because production increases and the money supply is relatively stable. But when the money supply is not stable, that deflationary effect that is is created by uh, an increase in production could be offset by the monetary effect of of inflation and borrowing and printing uh, additional uh, treasury notes. But
2: far more important, Larry, is As bad as inflation is, and it is terrible, the China challenge is more important to the long-term interest of American families. It just is. And we cannot surrender to them for this foolish reason or for any other reason. One has to start with the proposition, are they friend or are they foe? And anyone who doesn't realize at this point that they are a very, very aggressive, uh, adversary is either a knave or a fool because no one can study it and not and conclude the contrary. So to walk away.
0: See, I, I just don't believe that you have to look at China as either friend or foe. I think you can just look at them as friend and understand that they have their own self-interest. They have their own interest and um, their interest may or may not run counter to the United States The thing that Bob Lighthouser is talking about is that puts China in the foe camp is just the the competition that we have with China, but that was largely voluntary. I mean, companies here in the U.S. voluntarily set up facilities over in China, and and I mean, look at Apple. Apple's nobody's nobody's got a gun to Apple's head. And is forcing them to do manufacturing in China. This is largely voluntary. And what I think the bigger question is, is what what is the environment, what is the culture of China versus the culture of U.S. And what we need to be doing here in the U.S. Rather than trying to hang on to uh, something that we had in the past or whatever, what we need to be trying to do is foster. The, the freedom or liberty culture that we have in the U.S. before we lose it forever. I mean, it is possible to lose this forever. I mean, you could – a generation or two could go by and get used to uh, the fact of having a centrally planned economy, and the next thing you know, we're, we're China, uh, but we probably don't do as good a job of being China as China does. So what we need to focus on is being the United States and having that culture of freedom and liberty and entrepreneurship. And, you know, I, I don't think China will ever be able to keep up with us if we can do that. But what's, what's counterproductive is trying to figure out how to, you know, uh, cheat China or, f- you know, figure out a way to advantage ourselves over China um, artificially.
2: From this, I think is seriously one of the most important things that President Trump did in his four years was change this narrative and let people realize the threat that is China.
1: You know, Bob Lighthizer, a couple of points here. Um, you are completely right. When when we imposed, when President Trump imposed the tariffs on China uh, in 2018, 2019, particularly 2019, there was no increase of inflation in the U.S. Didn't happen. I mean, actually, as we looked at, Kevin Hassett, myself and others, you know, number crunching, um, I think it, on balance, hurt China more than it hurt us, really. And there was no inflation impact right now bob the dollar is very the yuan is sinking it's hemorrhaging uh because you know they've closed up uh uh shanghai and you know locked up because of COVID. so there's no i mean there's no inflationary movement here's what i'm thinking and i think this is what to your point if you ended the tariffs now at this juncture it would be tantamount to surrendering to china that's the way i look at it pure and simple it would be surrender and we do not want to do that.
0: It's interesting to me how we, we couch uh, conversations that don't have anything to do with war or conflict in this vernacular of war, you know, that this would be surrender, um, you know, that, I mean, it's just, you know, we, this, this is part of what it is to look through a lens of empire. You know, if you're in the United States and you see everything from the perspective of, Maintaining the empire, then yeah, you know, this is surrender. Uh, But trade is not, there is no, I guess, empire is not a function of trade. You know, um, there's what's a, what is a function of trade is comparative advantage. You know, some, some countries, it makes more sense to make a product in one country than it does in another. But this has more to do with uh, proximity to resources. It could have, Something to do with labor. It could have something to do with the labor force and, and its education level. It could be ha- it could have a lot to do with a lot of things, but tariffs don't really do anything to improve any of that. Uh, for example, in the U.S., we're we're we have a, a lot of high technology. Uh, we have a lot of biomedical research and technologies. We just learned you know during COVID. Uh, our medical industry is second to none really around the world um, there's a lot of things that we have a comparative advantage on and and we should we should focus on what we 're good at and 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 innovate and always be moving uh the bar and let let these other countries you know make t shirts and plastic little toys and things like that. And we'll happily buy those things from, uh, these, these other countries. Um, that's, that's the way trade should be handled. It shouldn't be handled where, you know, you've got the fat cats from all the industries lined up with, with the Congress trying to figure out how they can protect themselves, uh, at the expense of Americans, uh, from the Chinese or from the Taiwanese or from any other country, you know, we should, we should just let the chips fall where they may. Now, I guess you could make a case that there are some strategic reasons why we want to make semiconductors, for example, and for whatever reason that went more to Taiwan and some other countries like that. I mean, I guess you could make a case for that, but even that, you know, we um, uh, there's, there's companies right now trying to work on those problems, whether it be stocking more of them here or uh, maybe – Getting them made to a certain point, and then and then making them the rest of the way, you know, finished out here or whatever. So there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things that people figure out when they have to. But what we don't want to do is get in a situation where we're protecting certain fat cat industries because they've got connections in Washington D.C. or that kind of thing. That's that's where tariffs are bad. Uh, they prop up companies that are not doing a great job for us and it uh, keeps people's bonuses high and their uh, their salaries high and things like that. But really what we want to do is we want to try to let the market sort out You know who who's best to make what, and then consumers will ultimately win and our standard of living will increase as a result of it. That's, that's the name of the game of trade is to use the best of what you got and the best of what I got – and let's work together to make us all richer and raise our standard of living together.
2: There, there's no question that that's true. They are a bigger threat today to the United States, to our economy. I mean, look at they have the biggest military in the world by far, and they're increasing at a rapid pace. They have the biggest navy, the biggest army. They're they're militarizing the South China Sea. They're. They're they're clamping down on Hong Kong. They're threatening Taiwan. They're 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 very aggressively anti-American in their diplomatic corps. Uh, they're building bases all over the world. They're stealing our technology. They're spying. They're doing all these things. How can anyone not think this is the most important policy we have to worry about?
0: You know, Bob, he lists a whole bunch of things there. You know, they have the biggest military, and they have the biggest this, and they have the biggest that, and. And they're putting troops all around the world. I mean, it sounds like he's describing us, actually. But that aside, okay, <laughs> which I think is ironic, but that aside, what does any of that have to do with trade? What does any of that have to do with inflation? Inflation is largely a self-inflicted problem. Uh, the, the, the trade situation is largely a self-inflicted problem. These aren't problems that were created by China. These were problems that were created by American companies that that chose to set up shop in China uh, voluntarily. I mean, they weren't even encouraged to do this. They did this voluntarily. So, you know, he he lists a whole bunch of things there, and maybe some of those are good reasons. Maybe some of them aren't. But none of them have to do with trade or inflation. I mean, it's just, it's 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 like him trying to, Uh, think of a reason why we need to keep his tariffs in place, Uh, but he's giving at least the examples or the reasons he gives for for needing to keep them in place have nothing to do with tariffs or inflation. So, um, you know, I I think this is just, you know, coming up with reasons to uh, justify why, you know, the empire needs to be, continue to be the empire. And what I'm saying we need to do is we need to focus on what what makes the United States strong in the first place, and that's its people, our culture of freedom, our innovation. Uh, look at look at some of the biggest companies in the world that just came about in the last twenty years. You know, Amazon and look at Walmart. Nobody's been able really to replicate a company like Walmart, uh, except for Amazon. Um, I mean, just look at some of the companies we have. They've all, they were all created here, not in China. At best, China is following the United States. Now they may be following us, and then you know, because they're they use force and things like that, they can um, force companies to do things they want them to do, or they can, you know, they can flood an entire valley and force you know thousands of people to move out of the valley and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, there are things that uh, that China can do that we don't do. It's not part of our culture here, but okay. But I think in the long run, I think having a culture of freedom and innovation and entrepreneurship will run circles around that because the, the, the people in the, in the government never are never going to really know what the next thing is. They're never going to know what, what consumers want five years from now, 10 years from now, how they can't even figure out what these people want right now. And so I think this is largely a bunch of nothing. This is just us being fearful um, and wanting to hang on to something uh, for the elites, the elites want to. The elites in general are, are people that are successful. What they want to do is once they've had success, they want to pull the ladder of success up so that you can't get on it. Okay, they don't want. They don't even want competition from you, much less China. So this is kind of a. This is kind of what happens. When you become a billionaire in America, you you start to lobby Congress and tell Congress, hey, you know, we can't have these little competitors nipping at our heels. We're not going to be able to innovate like we need to innovate, and we're not going to be able to do this, and we're not going to be able to do that. And they, they whine to Congress, and then Congress puts up barriers. That's what I mean by, by keeping a culture of innovation and freedom and liberty. This is the type of thing we need to stop. We need to insist that the government stop doing this so that we can – we can continue to innovate and, and pop out great companies that change the world.
2: And I think in this administration, there are good people that understand that. Mm. And I just hope those people prevail because there are a lot of people that don't seem to get it at all. Can you imagine, look, look at, can you imagine selling, uh, uh, you know, uh, or, or having a, a three or four trillion dollar over the last 10 year uh, deficit with the Soviet Union during the Cold War? Uh, I mean, can you, you know, we condemn Germany for buying all this stuff from, uh, you, know, you know, the gas from Putin, and yet we turn around and spend uh, $500 billion a year in China. It's crazy.
0: So he tries to make an analogy to Russia, you know, the Soviet Union. Can you imagine if we'd have traded with the Soviet Union the whole time we were against them and the Cold War and all this stuff? Well, yeah, you know, that's what we should have done. when When the Soviet Union collapsed, Somebody should have picked up the phone and called Putin and said look let's 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 bring you into the into the world economy like like China came into the world economy uh, 25 years earlier you know let's let's bring let's bring the the, the former Soviet Union uh, the new Russia into the economy the same way we brought in China and let's start trading with one another and let's start respecting each other's uh, desire to live on the planet the way they want to live on the planet, instead of trying to bully everybody into our way of doing things. I mean, this is really where we need to go. This is this 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 thinking that Bob Lighthouser has is old thinking. It's Cold War thinking. He he's a relic of the Cold War. We live in a world now where yeah, there's some bad actors, but the vast majority of people just want to. Uh, get up every day, go to work, raise a family, um, you know, do some trade to make a living, and and live out their lives. They're they're not looking to control the entire world, and I don't believe Putin's looking to do that either. I, I don't think Putin even sees bringing the former Soviet Union back into existence as even a possibility it's not even one they can afford part of what they part of the calculus on all this is they couldn't afford it in the first place what makes them think they're going to be able to afford it now so you know this is just old thinking this is post world war cold war thinking and you know we we need to we need to have some smarter people running the government now i don't think the biden administration is terribly smart i think they've more or less stumbled onto this idea trying to lower prices getting desperate
2: you know what comes to mind, Larry? In 1934, Neville Chamberlain uh, approved the sale of a bunch of Rolls-Royce uh, 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 air, airplane engines to Nazi Germany. Right. And when Churchill called him on it, his right. response was, trade like religion should have no frontier. Well, this is nonsense.
0: I'm not familiar with Bob's analogy here but uh, about Neville Chamberlain, but I can almost guarantee you that Neville Chamberlain did that at the behest of some executive at Rolls-Royce. I mean, there are strategic things that maybe we don't want to sell to some countries. And it probably was stupid to sell Rolls-Royce engines that go into airplanes uh, to Hitler when he was uh, building up the Luftwaffe, or whatever it was called, Luftwaffe. So, yeah, I mean, there are strategic things that you don't want to sell to countries but that's not what we're talking about here with China. I mean, we're we're buying iPhones and plastic toys and cheap clothing. And, uh, you know, look at, I mean, just look at some of the stuff Walmart sells, okay? You know, when I was a kid, you used to have to pay like, I don't know, it was like $40 for a pair of jeans, $35 for a pair of jeans. This is way back in nineteen seventy. Now you can buy a pair of jeans think about all the inflation we've had, but you can buy a pair of jeans for 20 bucks. think about what think about how this has changed the lives of of the less fortunate living in America I mean you just you just don't even realize how much uh, clothing I mean clothing when we used to go back to school. We used to spend, uh, I think, a a few hundred dollars for me and my brother, 300 for me and 300 for my brother. That was a huge expense on my parents. It's nothing like that anymore. It's nothing like that. Most of the time people are buying, they have excess money to buy a bunch of junk and school supplies and markers and all kinds of stuff that they don't need. But people aren't hurting for clothing when they go back to school. That's due in large part with trade, trade with China and Walmart. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable, really. And Walmart's done a great job keeping those prices low.
1: So, okay, let's carry that forward. Um, if the Bidens pulled the China tariffs out, wouldn't that undermine and jeopardize the ongoing implementation of the phase one China deal that the president negotiated that you led our trade team on? I mean, I always thought the tariffs were important there as really a policing and insurance mechanism.
0: So you can hear in Larry's question here, he's talking about the stick. He calls it policing, but he's talking about, you know, there's a carrot, there's a stick. And he's talking about the stick. And also, anytime somebody's talking about trade, and they talk about a trade agreement or a trade deal, just know that there are corporations involved in these deals uh, influencing the, the the government to put things in there that benefit them. Okay. So this is not free trade. Um, this is some sort of negotiated trade. Hey, you make this and you protect your industry there. And Hey, we'll make this and we'll protect our industry there. That's not free trade. That's not what we're talking about. And, uh, rest assured what they're talking about is protecting, uh, you know, connected groups within America and in China.
2: Well, for sure that's true. But but what this would do is it would, without question, increase this enormous trade deficit right now. It would encourage uh, more imports. It would cost more Americans their jobs. I mean, it would literally cost us jobs. We would take our treasure, more of our treasure, and ship it to communist China. It is absolutely insane. It would make us more dependent on them, not less dependent. More more involved in in their economy and theirs in ours. It would encourage all the kinds of things that we're against, including the military buildup, adaptive technology, all of these things.
0: Well, it will certainly increase our t- trade deficit with China. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that's going to happen because these, these products and stuff are not made here in the United States and, and Americans want to buy them. But the other thing that trade obscures and really makes it hard for entrepreneurs to to figure out what to make is they don't know the real price of anything. So if you don't really know what the market is and you, and you let's say open up a new business or start some new business and you really don't know what the market is, then you don't know how to compete with other people that are participating in the market. What if you, what if you spend a hundred million dollars creating a business and then uh, I don't know, a few years into the deal, some tariff goes down and all of a sudden the Chinese products flood in. Do you see how that obscures the actual market? And so, you know, what we need is we need free trade, if for no other reason, to, uh, to try to figure out what it is we should be making in America and what should we should be buying from China. Right now, we don't have good visibility to that because of tariffs and other uh, interventions that the government uh, performs on our behalf, or really on their behalf of their constituents or and or the connected class or uh, people that use lobbyists uh, to get what they want from the government.
2: It would be exactly the wrong thing to do. We ought to be increasing tariffs, if anything, on China, not getting rid of them.
1: I mean, I just couldn't imagine the headlines around the world, 365 billion of tariffs removed on China. It was like, we're rewarding China, in this case, as you say, for bad behavior. They are adversaries, a huge threat. I mean, it would just, the symbolism would be terrible. The reality would be terrible. I hope they don't do it. I don't know if you're in touch with the uh, Biden's special US trade reps, but you ought to weigh in because they're about to make a huge mistake and I hope it can be avoided.
0: Well, raising tariffs on the Chinese would definitely increase costs to Americans. So that's not the right answer. Uh, But I, I think the problem here is they're just looking at this through empire. They're looking at China as a threat I mean, you know, a lot of people think, oh, well, China's got the best deal out of all this. You know, if you really think about it, I mean, what what did they send us stuff, things that we really use in our lives, and we give them paper money. I mean, money that's worth nothing, really. Uh, now, what they do with that paper money is they turn around and buy treasuries, which are also worth nothing. And now they have all this money invested in America but we got real stuff here that we're using every day, like iPhones and whatever, and all the stuff that we buy from China, our clothing, and um, just walk through a Walmart store, Walmart store, and you'll see. But, you know, to me, we got the best end of the deal. Their people got our paper, you know, they got our treasuries, they got our bonds, they got our currency. That, to me, that's not a great deal. That's a better deal for us than it is for China. But, you know, these guys want to Make it more expensive for Americans to live, and that's essentially what tariffs do. That's all they really do. And like I mentioned earlier, it also obscures the market and interferes with our ability to see where it is we could compete with China, where we should be competing with China, where we should be creating new businesses and entrepreneurship. I just think it's interesting how Bob Lighthizer, you know, couches everything in this in this language of war, you know, surrender and, uh, you know, just this kind of thing. And I, I just think that's counterproductive. I think it's 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 a it's a bias that these guys have. Uh, and these guys look; these guys are older than me. They grew up in the Cold War, and so they have their way of thinking. The problem, though, is the the world is very different. It's much much smaller today than it used to be. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, you know, Vietnam was going on and Vietnam was so far away. I mean, people were, you know, that was one of the big arguments. Why are we fighting in this war? that's so far away. I mean, it's on the other side of the world. And the reality is we're in every nook and cranny of the world. Our military, they were complaining earlier about uh, China setting up bases. We have bases in like 160 countries. Well, there's only 180 countries in the whole world. So, you know, we have bases everywhere and and we had this we had this empire mentality and it drives a lot of this decision making and I just I just want you to start listening for it. I want you to start when when people make arguments, listen, see if you can hear whether or not they're talking from this empire perspective or if they're talking about a prosperity perspective. And and see if you can start pulling out the differences because this is, this is what's going to make all the difference for us going forward is we've got to have people that see the world as a place that we share with other nations, not as a place where we've got to exert our influence 100% of the time, always and everywhere. That just is not workable in the world we live in today. And so hopefully this has been a good episode for you. It's given you something to think about, something to ponder. And uh, if so, you know, share the show, make sure you come back in, keep listening. Uh, but share the show with a friend, a neighbor, family member, somebody, and uh, help, me build, help me build the audience up. I'm a free trader.